0: Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen for The Weekly Dish, and the produce section at Lake Winds is in full autumn harvest swing. Locally grown apples like First Kiss, Zestar, Harrelson, and Sweet Tango are here. All the apples you'll find at Lake Winds have been grown using the best methods for delivering tasty, healthy, fresh apples. Use them in salads or as snacks with peanut butter or cheese, and in all those delicious baked goods. We're also getting into winter squash season, and I make a killer curry squash soup that is so easy. Turn your oven on to 450 degrees and roast squash, onions, and apples until they're soft. Then blend them with a tablespoon of curry powder and vegetable stock. Serve it all with a swirl of coconut cream or sage leaves fried until crispy for a hearty fall favorite. Lake Winds just isn't natural food. They're also a great resource for recipes and cooking tips. Listeners can visit lakewinds.com to see videos of local chefs like Beth Dooley making a roasted squash salad. Don't miss out on the last of the local growing season. Enjoy the best that fall in Minnesota has to offer with Lake Winds located in Minnetonka, chanhassen and Richfield or online at lakewinds.com slash delivery.
1: The weekly dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March, and I'm here today, you guys, with Elizabeth Reese. Good morning. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. Seriously, I know. It's like, and it's gonna be guess what? I haven't even done the weather report today yet. My god, you guys, it's a stunner. Let's just call it. This weekend is where it's at. It's a stunner. It's cool and it's not 90 degrees. I have <laughs> not had my windows open all week at all, and no, I... I am cracked wide, and I'm gonna think about. In the oven on
2: tonight? It's so Woo! nice. Listen, I've got sourdough. Uh, I had to run downstairs to stretch and fold oh. in that next break, which is what I've been doing every half an hour. And then we'll let it sit all day and then I'll bake up some fresh bread for tonight. And I'm going to do some baking out of Sarah's cookbook. I think so, too. Her 100 Cookies yeah. book that we talked with Sarah Kiefer earlier in the show. And yeah. um, and this is when the tide starts to turn a little this is bit. It. This is it. it. it's and my favorite time of year. It is
1: my favorite. And I think we are all... Just looking for a little bit of a breather, as far as hope of like, you know, just just with the humidity and everything else, just taking that moment and switching our lives into some sweaters. I'm I'm there for that. Yeah, right? it's the triple S. It's the squash soup and sweaters. Yes, <gasps> soup season. Soup season. Soup season's coming. I know. You know what's coming right now? Top mm. two in hour two. <laughs> Giving the <laughs> old one two.
0: One two one two. And now the Number weekly 1, dish 1, 2, presents top two,
1: top two, the top two.
2: Pick your best two.
1: In two. So this is the part of the show, you guys, where we pick a couple of things that we are just mildly obsessed with and just really loving this week. Do you want to go first with sure. one?
2: Okay, I've got one that's related to the garden and related to heading into fall. Okay, so a lot of people um, are talking right now about how to preserve things out of the garden, and I just have one little fun suggestion for you. This is what I do every year to preserve tomatoes. And it works great Um, because I like to grow a lot of small tomato stuff. So I'm not necessarily canning them into a sauce. Right. Because you're not blanching little grape tomatoes and peeling. them. No. (laughs) It's just not happening. No. So I have a method and it's on um, my blog that I never update because I realized that being a full time (laughs) blogger is a lot of work. So um, but this post is from years ago, which shows you how long I've been doing this. Classic. Basically what it is, it's just a super easy, slow roast of tomatoes and then I freeze them and that's it. And I do tomatoes, garlic, herbs, olive oil, salt and pepper, and then I slow roast them. So they're in the oven for, um, like two and a half to three hours, at 275
1: degrees. Okay. So even if it's hot out stuff, it's not really that big of a deal. Well, 275 is not, no, it's no. really not gonna heat your kitchen up. That's
2: why it's nice to do it this way because it's also not like water bath canning, which does heat your kitchen up. So you, then I just put them, I pack them into jars because I like to just be able to have a jar and pull it out, but you can also pack them into Ziploc bags, whatever you want to freeze them in. And then I use them all sorts of different ways. I'll end up blending them into a marinara sauce, blending them into a soup. I'll add them as, um, just like with pasta and some sausage, and then just add a jar of these tomatoes later on. yeah. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. Also, really good on, um, you know, just like a crostini or a piece of toast, spread some chev on top and then add these tomatoes on and then eat it later in the year too Mm. it's just it's a really easy way to preserve your tomatoes without having to can them
1: when you put them in your jar are you are you packing them in olive oil are you just letting them i usually just drizzle a little more olive oil on top and then that's
2: it okay you don't have to submerge them or something mm -mm, i don't and they do fine i mean i wouldn't you know i use them then that winter so it's not like they're sitting in there forever i just like to i like to package as many things in glass as I can and not yep. plastic. So I go for the jars. Yeah. Um, but otherwise you certainly don't have to. And it also makes it a little easier if you want to microwave right. and
1: thaw it out. Right. You can do it in the glass. Too. Oof, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's definitely a Hanson technique. I think she just was doing it too. And it's so funny because I always eat all my tomatoes and I never <laughs> save any. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I get it. I end up with so many, I mean, and, I've got tons. My kids go out there and just pick them and there's, yeah. So many tomatoes. So I've already done one batch of this for yeah. a couple jars. And then I said to my husband, we were going over to someone's house and I was like, should I bring them one of these as a gift? And he was like, absolutely not. No, you no,
1: keep, this. keep it. It's ours. It's our gold. <laughs> he goes, no, bring them a bottle of wine. <laughs> Don't bring them that. Oh my God. I know.
2: Well, I'm not inviting you over. Yeah, no kidding. Same. And you can have fun with the herbs. I do rosemary, thyme, um, basil mixture works really well. Or if you only have one of those, just
1: do one. Yeah. Easy. Oh, God, okay. So I'm that's in. it. Slow I'm roasted tomatoes. All right. Slow so, straight cheese your first one. Yep. So my first one is going to be this wine that I had last night. Ooh. I know. I did a little happy hour with my lovely friend, Stephanie Meyer. Oh, hi, and- Steph. I know, and we just, we hadn't seen, she's been traveling, you know, she was out with her family in Montana, um, and she came back, and we both, I hadn't seen each other in a couple of weeks, and so we sat, you know, socially distanced in the park, this is the new date, I mean, this is like, and this is literally like friend date, girl date, you know, whatever, it's like, there were so many couples of different, you know, people, all, like, spaced out in the park, like, but nicely distanced, like, the nearest people to us was probably, You know, like 30 feet away. But like, this is the kind of the sweet way of doing things. And it's just. God, it was perfect last night. It was a gorgeous night. Beautiful. So we might have had this little, uh, this. it's called Lago, L-A-G-O, and it's a Vino Verde rosé. Oh, yeah, rose. fun. I know. So Vino Verdes are these beautiful white wines that I was drinking most of the summer, you know, they because they're tart and they're not overly sweet, and they usually have like a little effervescent bubble to them. Mm-hmm. And this one was a rosé, and I'd never seen one before. Like that was in a rosé, which it means that it just had contact with the skins for a little bit, Yeah, you know, and it was just lovely and it was really bright. And, you know, sometimes at the end of the season, your rosé, you get a little bit over it, you know? Yeah. And so you get a little bit, it's like they get to be too sweet for me or they get too fruity. And this one just kind of cut through and was just sort of beautiful. So. Oh, I love that. I know. And I got it at Cedar. At uh, did I get it at Cedar Lake over by? Yeah, I got it at Cedar Lake Wine Shop, which is over by Winnetka and Fifty Five. Mm-hmm. All those shops over there. So that was a wonderful, and he, it was like eleven bucks, you guys. Easy breezy. I know. So I'm gonna put the the link up. I'm gonna find it and then I will link it on the Facebook for you. I like the
2: idea too of a light effervescence and yeah. not like so crazy bubbly. Yeah,
1: I sometimes I'm yeah, and de- definitely at the end of the day, I'm not necessarily ready for like a full bubble. You for know sure. what I mean? It's just yeah. like oof, it's I'm a with lot. Ya. I know. Okay, All right, my next one um,
2: it involves ice cream. And Yay. there are a couple of new ice cream spots on either end of the city. So I thought I would share. Yes. The new Bridgman's Ice Cream Parlor in Woodbury is so cute, Steph. It's so cute. And it's a family-owned thing, you know? Yeah. And this family is like the fifth family to own Bridgman's. And so many people, if you've lived in Minnesota for a long time, listen, have vivid memories of yes. going to Bridgman's ice cream parlors.
1: Can I tell you mine quickly? Yes. Mine is that there used to be one in Wayzata and it was in like the Wayzata Bay shopping mall, which doesn't exist anymore. But it was, and it was a counter that had like that, it had like a curve in it, like a U shape, yep. like the counter kind of wound around. They have one there. Yeah. Oh my God. And we basically, it was, we would go to the children's theater as a family and then we would stop. And we would share, as a family, the Lollapalooza on our way home.
2: That's so Isn't that the best? It
1: was like, that's what Bridgman's was to me.
2: So it's so cute because everybody has that story. And so this family, it wants to bring that back. And so they've opened the new Bridgman's Ice Cream Parlor. And what I love about it is they did such a good job making it feel old fashioned. Oh, good. So they still have, they've got like, you can get sundays in the glass dishes and the malts with the tin that comes with the extra and all these things. But at the same time, when you walk in, it looks super fresh and modern. And I don't know how they managed to accomplish both things at the same time, but it's fantastic. So go to Woodbury. People have been driving from all over. I would. It yeah. is totally worth going. And then you can also buy, you can buy flavors that they have in store there, but they have many more flavors in the case. Mm-hmm. And they'll pint up anything for you. Perfect. So you can take it home. And then um on the other end of the spectrum is Bebezito, yes. which is in Minneapolis, which I'm <laughs> sure you've talked about. Ben Spangler and Gabby. Yeah. Um, his wife, they got married, and they are making the most just over-the-top, fantastically fun ice cream flavors that you've ever had. Yes. And it's so cute in there. And that's one where you go in and then you go out. So you're not going to like sit in the parlor. No. Um, But you can pick it up. And um, it is just every bite you take is like this surprise and delight of what is happening here. Yeah. It's wonderful. And I
1: haven't been back since like their opening week. And now I got to go back because it's really good.
2: And Ben is working on all these cool things like these fruits that are it's like it looks like an apple, but it's actually this like this coating with ice cream inside it's unbelievable so at some point you'll be able to just order a fruit basket of all these different fruits that have, ice cream, that have the ice cream on the inside it's just he's very very fun he's a creative genius he
1: is and he is he is the ice cream chef like that is the thing is like he's ever since the beginning because he was the opening guy at milk jam yep. too He's just really, really connected to what ice cream can be, it's I think. very, very fun.
2: So I'm loving seeing these new places opening even in a pandemic, guys. I know, I know it. Yeah.
1: All right. So the, my last one is just a simple one, gang. I got a report on my hoagie situation because, you know, I don't know, Elizabeth, if you know this, but like I basically I'm on. Uh, Just a continual search for the best hoagie that I can possibly have. It's a wonderful and virtuous mission. I think so. And I am, sadly to report, it's hard to find one that fits all my needs. I'll be quite honest. There's plenty of delicious hoagies out there, but none that have like sewn themselves to my soul, you know, which is a necessary thing for me. So I have to tell you that I have found one that is close, if not perfect. Ooh, I know it was. And here's why it's not perfect. It's not available anymore. Oh, shoot. (laughs) So, Pig Ate My Pizza, they had a special hoagie situation that happened this last week, and it was three days only. I scooted my little tush right up there to get one, and I was not disappointed. And it had... And they served it... Like, I picked it up, and it was warm. It was takeout only. It was, like... It was warm, and it stayed warm until I got home. And then what I loved about it, too, is, like, besides the salamis and the the ham and the cheese that were all warm, then they had the salad separate... the lettuce with the dressing separate. So I put that on when I got home. I put the lettuce on and then I drizzled it with all the good dressing and then I closed it together and it was beautiful. Oh. And so what I'm telling you is that you need to rally. <laughs> we need to I already told them I'm like, put it on the menu. Yeah. Put it on the
2: menu. So well if you continue with the public public pressure it'll probably happen. This is what I feel. I like your strategy.
1: I feel like this all That's right you guys we're gonna impressive. take a quick break. <laughs> we're gonna come back and we are gonna talk uh we did have a listener wondering about uh, some fa- farm fun. And so Ooh. we're going to talk some pizza farms and some other stuff coming up. And, uh, and then we're going to get into some baking and cooking that Elizabeth is doing. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned to the weekly dish on My Talk 107.1.
3: Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. And I just want to tell you how glad I am that we have a resource for farmers and food and agriculture in Minnesota. We are so lucky. It's one of the biggest things that our state is known for. And sometimes I feel like we don't get a chance to actually talk to farmers and find out what they're doing. And Common Ground Minnesota is a a place on Facebook where you can ask questions about how your food is grown right here from local farmers. These are women who are volunteering their time to answer your questions. to engage in conversation plus they'll show you cute farm pictures of their dogs i mean what's better than that and they post recipes what could be better than that common ground minnesota is a resource for you guys and it's all volunteer led and i just encourage everybody if you're curious about your food and where it comes from and the farming that is going on in minnesota you want to get to common ground minnesota on facebook
1: Used to this because I feel like there's another promo coming or oh something because it's, it's my youth in this song. Right I know, this right? Is
3: so good. This is
1: like middle school, right there. Yeah, that's wonderful. Hey, I have to, I have to call out the fact that I got to talk to the the pros so that we don't get any more, I don't know, toilet humor promos happening during the weekly <laughs> dish. We are a food show. I don't want to hear about crappers and commodes. You all know I have a problem with that. Oh gosh, seriously. <laughs> All I could see, I was looking, I was like, oh my God. Okay, anyway, anyway. Anyway, we do have a question. We have Judy on the line. We want to get Judy's call in quickly. Judy, what's going on today?
4: Hi, um, I am
1: calling with a Bergman's
4: memory. Oh, let's oh, do
1: it. Fun. Let's do it.
4: So I grew up over by Hamlin College in the Midway area, and when I was about six, and it would be in August, uh, the sun would be setting, and... Our mom and dad would load us into the 1968 uh, Impala without seatbelts. <laughs> and we'd go down to the bridgemans on University Avenue. And um, I can clearly still remember those small square tiles on the steps that led into the Bridgemans. They were green and white. Really? And I would get licorice crisp ice cream. That's it's- I love it. That's yeah. perfect. So cute. That's it's so perfect. Sweet. We, we still get
2: that, my siblings and I. And you still And we're 100 do. years old. <laughs> yes. Well, you guys, you should get together and go to the new one in Woodbury. Yeah, that's a good and idea. No, I, love, I love that they
4: did that. Yeah. It really is fabric of, it's in the fabric of her childhood.
2: And that's what they want to bring back. They want a whole nother generation to do it, and it's a family-owned operation, Crystal and her family, and they're so, they're the sweetest people. Um, it's, it's I, w- I will be going there for sure. Good. Good. Stock up. Have fun. Well See? done, Judy. Well done. I love those Minnesota Heritage brands, you know, when Me it's too. important and, and the evolution can happen and they can change, but I think the effort to bring it back to life is really cool. I do, and too. And, I mean, they're going to be franchising stuff, so if you want to own your own Bridgman's franchise...
1: You uh, can. I, I, it's really cool. I like to go to them. I'm not going to own one. <laughs> I'm Fair done enough. with the restaurant ownership thing. Fair just enough. Fair enough. All right. So we did have, a uh, we had a note from a listener and she was wondering um, about farm destinations. And then, so I was thinking about that and the fact that we also had in the New York Times uh, this week, I don't know if you saw, I haven't. but there was a little Julia Moskin decided to love up the Midwest pizza farm. Oh, great. I right know. And so she says where the produce includes pepperoni, the pizza farm, a Midwestern staple has grown even more popular in the pandemic, bringing farmers and diners together in a socially distanced summer destination. Apparently, our Midwest Pizza Farms, which let's be clear, they started in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I really believe that A to Z was the first. I really, in all of my... You know, research A to Z Produce and Bakery in Stockholm, Wisconsin, um, right on the border is, one, I think it was one of the first uh, farms to do pizza farm. And right? you're allowed to love both states, guys. Yeah. And it's, yeah, <laughs> I kind of think of us all as local, by the way. Yeah, you are. You're
2: a badger, too, so you know I'm a, Listen, I'm a badger, yeah. yes. So yeah. I, am, I am, I'm I've born and bred in Minnesota, but a badger, so my heart is in both <laughs> places. Don't send me an email about it. I right,
1: wanna, right. I let's, yeah, it. no, please, <laughs> especially right now. Um, But I will say that because of that, you know, know because of what they did and they were do. i mean like think of a farm that started putting out pizzas on tuesday nights i know in the sticks and people would drive and people would drive and here's i and i do need to mention that a to z is closed for this season they decided to take 2020 off um but that doesn't mean that they won't be back you know they're yeah. they're just they are just worried too much about the covid and their own farm and their family and so that's good um, but there are a lot of, of, uh, farms out there. So the, the, so it was the listener wrote in and she said, I'm just wondering if you could send me a few farm destinations similar to Together Farms in Wisconsin. We went there last year on your recommendation and loved it and we'll go again. Are there any farms that are similar? Would like to road trip on Sunday? Thank you for all the information you share. Now Together Farms, you guys. Elizabeth, you need to get the fam out there. Um, is of course in Wisconsin, just south of Eau Claire. Yeah. It's the Burger Farm. Oh, that's right. Yep. That's what I was wondering. We yeah. talked about this last summer. Yeah. It's I the Burger Farm. Go. You're right. You're right. I can't, I remember that. And they started doing camping on their Burger Farm. So it's a wonderful, sustainable, farm they're not i don't think they're certified organic but they are they have organic practices and they raise their own cattle they raise their own pork they're doing all of this great uh sustainability they're trying to bring back hazelnuts and and you know planting like natural native plants wow i know they are they're a wonderful story and stephanie schneider she quit her you know her job in town and she's full-time farmer and they put out um You know, they sell this wonderfully, you know, beautiful, non-GMO, just sustainably raised beef. And they make these burgers every weekend on their farm from their food truck on the farm.
2: That's fantastic.
1: So definitely go there and do that. But then also we were talking about that there's a lot of things like some of the pizza farms, because what's great about them. And we had a listener last week who was wondering, because it's easy to get food and then sit out in the wide open and be distanced from people. Right. It's a brilliant it's a brilliant distance situation.
2: We did a, a quick little roundup on Twin Cities Live a few weeks ago um, with them, too. So we can link that up if oh, you great. want. I can put that because um, our producer, Brittany, went through a few of them, including Red Barn in yep. um, Northfield, mm-hmm. Pleasant Grove in Waseca.
1: Yeah, that's the one that I think a lot of people haven't been to. And yeah. I think
2: that they're excited to go to. OK, so that one they are. People are loving. And then the Borner Farm Project in Prescott. Yes. She talked about as well, and then our producer Brittany also mentioned um, if you don't want to do like the outside thing, Chancasca Creek Ranch and Winery in Casota, they have like a wood-fired pizza oven inside. Oh, they do, and so you can get you can buy their wine and get their pizza right there, and that's a little bit more of like a you go in and then they're going to serve you versus yeah, bring all your own garbage bag, bring your own plates, bring your own everything, and take it all with you you do at a traditional pizza farm.
1: And I'll tell you that Two Pony Farm, with Two Pony Gardens, which yeah. is in Long Lake, Minnesota, they um, you know, just out west of the metro, they basically are doing a pickup service right now. So they're still making their pizzas with all the good stuff from you know, their farm and and uh, they're and just basically... Just check their site. They're sold out stuff. Oh, are they sold out? Sold out. Well, you guys, know, if that worked out then they're going to do it again next, you know, in a couple weekends. Send so. them emails. Say, come on. Yeah. We want it again. They will do it. Our also, I I wanted to shout out for Iron Shoe Farm, which is doing dinners on the farm. And we'll put those guys up there, too, because that's just as good as pizza and burgers. Totally. Love it. All right, we'll we'll take a quick break. You guys will be right back on The Weekly Dish. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph March. I'm being joined by Elizabeth Reese today. Good morning. And we are so excited to talk about the things that we have been cooking in our kitchens. Are we not? Always. Always. There's always something going on in there. I know. Well, (laughs) and you know, you still have, you're still kind of breaking your space in, I think. I I know. It's not been
2: that long. No, it hasn't been that long since we did a big kitchen renovation last summer. We were living in the porch kitchen, which was not ideal. And then, um... Um, yeah, it's just it's nice to have the space. I was especially grateful during the pandemic when we've all been home that I've been able to have a nice big space to cook. Oh, right. Yeah, makes oh. a big difference. Let's have that. Yes, let's have that. And I've been baking a little bit too. Let's talk about that because okay. well, you know you know I'm down with the sourdough. Yeah. And um, I actually ordered my sourdough starter before the pandemic hit, and mm. then started it as as it was starting. <laughs> so it started was kind the of, starter. Amazing how that all worked out. And now it's kind of just part of my routine and part of my rotation. So Mm -hmm. I actually, I'm going to be baking some bread today that I've got the dough going right now. Oh, good. Um, And people keep asking, where is the sourdough recipe? What do you use? I'm a big fan of Amanda Paw, who has the blog Heartbeat Kitchen. Love that. She lives in Hudson. And I just find that her tutorials are really helpful i'd read other tutorials and i'd watched other videos on how to do sourdough in the past and i felt like the people teaching me kind of assumed that i knew the lingo and i didn't so for a very beginner she's awesome and she's super responsive on instagram so if you have a question Um, or something going on, she'll really help you diagnose the problem. Like even when I was getting my sourdough starter started, I was sending her pictures and she's like, not quite ready, not quite ready. You know, and that was really helpful. So she also just came out with um, a sourdough recipe. That's just all purpose flour. She has a focaccia recipe on there. She has English muffin recipes. So lots of ways to use your sourdough starter. That being said, the two things, um, the one thing that I make all the time, I made these this morning for my kids are the sourdough discard waffles from the New York Times. Yes. And these are so fantastic because you basically make the sponge using sourdough discard the night before and let it sit out and ferment all night. And then in the morning, you add just a couple more ingredients and then you make this amazing batch of waffles. And they're so good, Stephanie. Oof. Like I- I'm gonna I'm gonna upgrade my waffle maker here soon. Okay, this
1: was gonna be my question for you. Are you... I have a cheap, cheap, bad one
2: really and they're just like thin waffles and i want something that's like bigger and heftier and more even because i feel like cheap waffle makers don't give you um like some spots they're not evenly crispy all around
1: okay so do you have and 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 when we're talking about that is that a round like a round one it's like a cheap
2: round it was probably like
1: 20 dollars. okay and it was is it plug-in it's electric yes can I tell you that the thing that I am going to get this fall that because I've kind of my waffle makers I don't love them they're you know and I don't really make them as much because it's just I don't love them I have two and they're both kind of crappy so I am moving to the Nordicware stovetop waffle iron. Listen, I'm liking this
2: idea. Yes. I was just thinking about that this yep. morning, that maybe that would be the route I'd want to go. I
1: think it is. I think we both have to consider that this is a thing that it's silly that we have not had because I don't need electric plug-in stuff. No, I not I have don't a great either. stove. Yeah. I like to do things on my stove. Mm-hmm. This heats up on your stove. And then, I mean, how easy is that? Yeah. Plus, Nordicware things are
2: made. Oh. They're such good heft to them. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna get a more even crisp. Yeah.
1: And it's forty bucks at I mean at Target. You wouldn't probably go to the Nordic Ware shop, you know, because yeah. we have them right in St. Louis Park. I
2: know it's so good. They're and, open too.
1: Yeah, and just find it. So that's so so that's my sidebar on the waffle thing. Is like this fall I've sort of been like eyeing it. I think I'm gonna make pull the trigger on it. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go that direction too. I also
2: made sourdough brownies with my sourdough starter. So talk about that, because that is a whole different thing for me. Isn't it fascinating? So this recipe comes from from I am Baker and yeah. um, I am Baker is Amanda Retke's blog. She is very well known to like five million people on yeah, Facebook. I, I mean, her blog is huge. She is um, she's based here and she has lots of good recipes for things to use your sourdough discard with. And so I made the brownies. Now I will say. They're kind of tangy. It's sort of like the idea of using Greek yogurt and things. Yeah, and I'm here for the tang. I am
1: all about the tang. here
2: for it. One of my children thought the brownies were too tangy. The other one loved them. So, you know, just go with it. I think they're, like, addictive because they don't, they're not just too straight sweet. Yeah. Plus, if you're making sourdough, you have sourdough discard. And it, like, kills me to throw away the sourdough starter because it's, it's, like expensive flour. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know it's, I don't want to toss it. So I loved this brownie recipe. It was really, really easy and um, involved using up a bunch of the sourdough starter. And it's just, the, I served it with um, leftover Bridgman's ice cream that I brought home in a pint.
1: Do you, do you, here's a question. Do you ice your brownies or do you leave no, them plain? I just have them plain. Cause these I
2: have with ice cream. Yeah. And I think icing them would be fabulous. I'm, sort I'm not of, above or below icing them.
1: I'm not really. I just don't do it. I just, I think, and again, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's so fudgy and so good and just, I don't almost need it. And so then I don't do it, but it's more because I'm lazy and I just want to eat the brownie. That's
2: true. And I, what I love about brownie recipes is that brownies tend to not require a mixer, which I think is nice. I don't keep my KitchenAid out on the counter. Yeah. And so I like just being able to just mix it up quick and pour it in. And it just involves, this recipe from Amanda is just... Semi sweet chocolate, butter, sugar, vanilla, eggs, sourdough starter, and yeah. salt. I yeah. mean, it's, it, you have it. You can whip up a quick little pan of brownies so easily. It's way easier than cookies or they, a cake or anything like that.
1: This is exactly, I mean, this is like, this is, we should actually, the next time you come on, let's have an entire discussion about brownies oh i have lots of other thoughts i know because i do too and i feel like we could just totally do that but i do want to talk about this pumpkin spice situation yeah pumpkin
2: spice listen if you're down with the pumpkin spice which i always am i love pumpkin spice all the time um i am a big fan of the blog cookie and kate and she has this pumpkin pancake recipe that i've been making for years and i just made them again earlier in the week i like to make like waffles and pancakes that have like a lot of heft and good things in them and then i just keep them in the fridge and then i just microwave them for my kids 100 percent during the week so it's really it's less labor intensive than it when you do it one day then you're in you're in the money for the next few days
1: yeah you just make a big batch i think like we
2: have like lemon ricotta cakes that we just work through so smart yeah i always double this recipe and i posted it so you guys can link it up and you can be really flexible on the flowers too So like I've used sometimes um, whole wheat pastry flour and then sometimes I'll use half chickpea flour. You can have fun with it. Um, But it also uses real pumpkin puree, which I like. Yeah. And very little sugar, which I also like for especially for breakfast. And this recipe is so good stuff. And it makes your house smell like pumpkin spice. But it's just the pancakes. That's
1: it. And that's kind of this other thing, too, for me is that I don't like there's certain things that you and we talked about this before. You and I have like cinnamon makes you feel like you're getting a sweet thing. And I don't love sweet things anyway, but if I have cinnamon, I sort of feel like it. And then I, I don't miss the lack of sugar for sure. And so that's what I think is good too about this pumpkin spice stuff is that you sort of feel like you're getting like a very sweet treat when really you can cut the sugar on this and it's, you're not missing anything. And I will warm these up in the microwave
2: for 15 seconds and hand it to my child in a paper towel and then he'll eat it as a snack yeah any time of day
1: well that's that's the other thing is this odd idea that pumpkin that pancakes are just this weird breakfast thing that you have to pile up and put syrup on yeah that's not even the way that i do it i like i basically use them almost like a tortilla Mm -hmm. and then i usually end up putting this sounds so weird but i end up putting like you know a little bit of shreddy cheese and butter in there and i fold it over and then i make pancake you know like tacos oh yeah that's a great idea yeah so like, and well, the lemon ricotta ones, I usually, you know, like sometimes, quite honestly, the lemon ricotta ones, if you put a little bit of brie cheese in them and then Ugh. fold them over when it's warm, that is Such something magical. A good idea. I know. Such a good idea.
2: So that's what I've been making. I've been kind of just dipping the toe into the baking as on days when it's not so hot, which this weekend it's perfect.
1: I know, I know. And so, okay, let me ask you this. Are you, what is your, like, what are you going to have for dinner? Are you guys cooking dinner tonight at home? Or are yeah, you- tonight we're going to do
2: pork chops. Um, so we did get a green egg this summer. You did?
1: Mm-hmm. Finally
2: took the plunge Good. and got a real, I mean, we'd, we'd had an $80 charcoal grill for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, that was our entire You're grill charcoal. situation. Yeah, I mean, oh that my was We had a brief stint with a gas grill that someone gave us for like a minute and it broke. So this um, was our big grill situation. And so Jay did ribs a couple weekends ago. He's going to do pork chops. And I think tomorrow he's going to do like a smoked pork shoulder. Yeah. So he's getting super into it on the weekends, which has been fun. And then I'm having him do like now we're finally people that, you know, he'll just grill up a couple of extra steaks. Yeah. And then we'll slice it up and then I'll have it for salad during the week.
1: It's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, I did. We did a whole bunch of chicken breasts. You know, I did like, you know, probably like 10 chicken breasts. And then we ate, I think we ate like four of them. And then I just had the rest that I cut them up. And it was like, I threw it into quesadillas or I threw it into pastas or I threw it into whatever. And I feel like I have to remember to do that more often. I know
2: we've been trying to do that more with meat because the one thing about the green egg is it's not like a quick just turn it on and go thing. No, it's an operation. And so we realized pretty early on that it wasn't going to be something that we were just going to fire up on a weeknight unless Jay was home early. Right. Um, We were going to have to just strategize on the weekends and do it and really enjoy it. But I think that kind of meal prep has been helpful. I also posted on um, my Instagram recently, Steph, because I posted a photo of the dinner that we ate when we ate those ribs and people were like, what is that potato salad? Like, what is that salad recipe? Oh yeah. So I posted my version of potato salad, which is just a little bit different from what my mom made, which I'm sure came from like a Betty Crocker cookbook. And it's so easy. It's on my Instagram. And the only thing that I really do is just mayo And a little bit of um, Dijon and then go super heavy on the herbs. Yes. So like lots of green in there. And it just makes it so good. And I do chives, basil, and parsley. And not like a sprinkle of each, like a handful of each.
1: Yeah. Like it's almost like a lettucing of your accepted herbs. 100%. Use the herb
2: as a vegetable almost. And it just makes that potato salad so bright and delicious. That recipe's on my Instagram at Eliz Reese if you want to. Oh, yeah. I
1: love it. Okay, we're going to find that. All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. I'm going to come back. We're going to wrap it up and talk about what's going on around town. So we'll be right back. This is the weekly dish on my talk 107.1. Well, hey, thanks for joining us this uh, this Saturday, you guys. Weekly dish. We are so glad to have had Elizabeth Reese here with us, and it's just been fun. And if you missed any of our good content, don't forget you can find it wherever podcasts are found. Podcast One, you know, and load it up. I know we had some issues, I think last week or a couple weeks ago, but I think everything is kind of ironed out so that sounds good yeah i love being here it goes I know. too fast
2: i remember when this show was only an
1: hour and i was like how are we supposed to ever how are we supposed to do this <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now here we are two hours and i'm thinking uh, well, there should be this another too one fast it goes too
1: fast i know hey i have a question this is a question from a friend she's saying that uh have you tried cameron diaz's new clean wine I think it's called Avaline. I haven't tried it. Have but you I heard did. about it? Yeah,
2: I've just heard about it this week actually, and I was talking about it in one of my dirt alerts. That in a survey, um, there was a guy, his some wine guy. He did, a, had a taste test and and tasted five celebrity. Wines, yeah, and had um, a bunch of people do it too. And hers ranked fifth out of five. That's what I've been hearing, and yeah, that, that it's, it's not, not actually great. And it's an organic, clean wine, and you know, that's fun. I'm here for that, but um, that but people term, are not loving it,
1: yeah. And the term clean, what does that mean? Because it's not a natural wine, no, but it's not like I don't think it's biodynamic, I no. don't know if it's
2: low alcohol, I don't think I don't there's know any
1: of that. I think that's there's
2: nothing. <laughs> I know, because kind of the the authority on that is dry farm wines. Oh, yeah, um, they have a subscription service where if you're looking for like lower alcohol clean yeah. wines, that's where you get them. Yeah, um, and I actually ordered some right before I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so oh, they're sitting there, there it is. And they're sitting
1: downstairs. My God. Okay, so quickly, just the Diaz explained apparently on Jimmy Fallon that she said that that she and her friend frequently found themselves feeling ill after a second glass of wine. So we asked ourselves, maybe there's a way to make wine better for us. And then she goes on to explain um, how she learned that wineries are allowed to use more than 70 additives when making wine and how she and Power struggled to find wines made with organic grapes and without the use of pesticides or additives. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different thing versus, you yeah. know.
2: And some uh, people say like they're sensitive to sulfites. Right. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I just know that when it came to the taste, people weren't loving it. I think that in that in that ranking, Dave Matthews wine yeah. was up higher which that dreaming tree wine is good stuff, Steph. Have you had it? Yes, I have. See, and my husband's a huge Dave Matthews fan, and so we—he kind of bought it just to see. Yeah, and we ended up have we've really liked several of the varieties. Yes.
1: See, and I keep getting these. I get press releases, and people are like, "Hey, you know, can we send you this wine?" And I never do it because I feel like I, you know, it's like I don't know—is it just because it's Cameron Diaz or Dave Matthews? Like that feels weird to me. Now, granted. Now Pink, her wine, yeah, she is a she has turned into a, a serious grower. Like she's out there, she's not just putting her name on something and like letting someone else do the work. Pink is harvesting grapes. And she's wow. at her winery. If you want to read a great story, it is literally about how she has become a viticulturalist. She's,
2: she's a real deal.
1: But gone back to school, learned all the things and is out there trying to make really good sustainable wine. I love it. I know. Why not? I know, why not? Exactly. And if anything
2: pink does, I'm I'm here for it.
1: I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's the deal, you know, it is kind of like, there's fun stuff going on around town, which is of course, mostly takeout and things like that. Um, and state fair fit things that are happening. And I wanted to call out a couple of things that were happening. Um, like I really am excited about the, the bop and chicken. Have you been there? Um, Long no, grand? but I've had it on the show and then I just drove
2: past it the other day and I was like, Oh my gosh. There, it's right there. It's yeah. so close to me.
1: It is. It's right off of Grand, and it's uh, in St. Paul, and it's it's basically Korean fried chicken. You know, these wonderful this wonderful tradition of sort of double battering mm-hmm. big chicken legs and yumminess. And what I love what they're doing is they're doing 12 whole days of Korean fried chicken sandwiches. Yes! <laughs> yes! I am here for that. In fact... They are doing something else called you know so their bop comes from bibimbap, which is that Korean tradition of like it's kind of a rice bowl. Yeah, you know. Yep. Um, they're doing an ufta bop, which is Korean bacon wrapped fried spam with fried pickles, cheese curds, and crispy rice tots. It's so fun, and I think this is the type of food
2: that travels really well yes. too. So if you want to pick up a bowl, yes, and bring it home, I think it's a brilliant idea. And there's something so addictive about Korean flavors. I it's know. Like, the I chilies. Always and want
1: one more bite. The umami of it yes, all. Yes,
2: yes. It really is. I know. It's it, a- and just a really good balance of flavors and textures mm-hmm. in a bowl. And these are the kind of things that, I mean, you could probably try to whip one of these up at home and do okay, but... I, I don't know. It's a lot of work because there's so yeah, many different this components. Is,
1: this is where it's like there's certain things that I'm never going to try to make at home, which yeah. is like, I mean, I make my own sushi in terms of I just eat, you know, raw tuna with some rice. I make a chirashi bowl, which is just where I take the beautiful, you know, fish and I put it on top of rice. That's yeah. how I do. I can't make a cool you know, roll with like soy paper and all the rest So that I'm going to go get. Oh, I'm... gosh, they're doing deep fried candy bar on a stick. Yeah, they're doing
2: deep fried is a uh, cheesecake on a stick. Yeah, they're doing frickles. Oh, God, it's they're having a great day. Boy, their are and they have a Korean corn dog. I think I'm going to go on a corn dog tour. I, don't I think know what's you gonna should do here. that.
1: It feels great. I know. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a perfect way to do that. And then you should stop by State the Fair State State Fair. Yeah. Which is um, the breweries that are doing, you know, collaborations and all this stuff. You know, Liftbridge has obviously got their mini donut beer and all that cool stuff happening out there. But I think there's a lot more little, like, smaller collaborations that are happening. And um, I know, like, Fair State, I love them because they're kind, of, they're kind of relaxed and they're super chill. But they're really serious about beer, mm-hmm. you know. And they're over there in Northeast and they're just doing it uh, for the next three weekends. They're doing stuff. That's great. I know. So, like, they're doing collaborations. They haven't really announced which one they're doing now. I have, can't really find which it is, but they're, um, I know that you can basically, oh, wait, here it is Saturday. Um, oh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I try to look things up and I can't find them. I know, it's hard. Um, but there's a lot of fun stuff that they are, uh, you know, they have cookies, they have, like, you know, fun little uh, cotton candy and hay bales for the kids. It's good stuff. That's great. Um Okay, and then what was the other one I wanted to make sure that we talked about? Oh, the fact that there is... Um, oh, no, that one is already over. I, and I already talked about the produce exchange peaches, right? Yeah, right. we mentioned that. Okay. Midtown Global Market, we mentioned them, too. Yep. So those are kind of the big ones, I think, you know? I, did I tell you about the Northern Soda? Oh, I tried this on the show this week. Did you really? Yeah, but tell everybody. Okay, so Northern Soda is a Minnesota company. They're just, you know, kind of uh, North Metro. Um, And they have a cute little place that you can go... Like, they have a warehouse that you drive up and you pick up your curbside order. What they're doing is they're doing six blind-labeled cans of Fair-type soda.
2: It's fun because they're made with real sugar. It's not high-fructose corn syrup. Yeah. And then you just... You don't know what the flavors are, and they have, like, a flavor map on their um, website with clues. And you can just taste them and try to figure out what it is that State Fair inspired. I think it's brilliant. Isn't that
1: fun for the kids? I think it's a great idea. Yes. Oh, I think that's great. I'm glad you tried it. That's so good. It was good. All right. Well, thanks for being here, Miss Elizabeth. Loved hanging out, as always.
4: Thanks for having me.